Welcome to the Ethically Loved Podcast, where we empower women to live an honest life through self-love and ethical fashion. We are your hosts, Sarah Galbraith and Ivy Nelson. Hey everyone, Ivy and I are so stoked to bring you episode two. We couldn't wait to be on here. <laughs> Woo! Um, I know that you are all probably, you know, maybe you listened to an episode yesterday and you couldn't wait to get the next one, but we're just so excited that um, you're here listening to us and we have an amazing topic that you're probably really interested in and it's why, why ethical and sustainable fashion. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge topic that I think it's a little bit hard to truly define. There really is no uh, definitive definition for ethical fashion. So what I really share is that that's that's like the big term, you know, ethical fashion. Uh, but really, it describes the design production, the retail and purchasing. It covers a range of issues such as working conditions, exploitation, fair trade, sustainable production and animal welfare. That's kind of the big, I don't think I'm missing anything. What do you think? No, that's perfect. So it's, it's a bit hard to define because it covers so many things. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you run into that too. Has anybody asked you, Ivy, like what, Ivy, tell me about ethical fashion. What is it? All the time. And what I like to think of is I feel like for the most part, we've all gotten a pretty good understanding, at least if you're here listening, of um, fast food versus slow food. And so I like to link or use that kind of as a metaphor. So fast fashion is kind of like fast food where it's like mass produced and pumped out and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and how the fast food industry ties into so many issues about health and environment and animal treat and treating animals and things like that. And that's kind of fast fashion versus slow fashion and how that ties into so many broader issues. Um, But also they're kind of all linked together. And so I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Ivy, I, I every episode Ivy blows my mind. Um I've never, <laughs> I've never thought of that. Like of course like probably subconsciously, but yeah, fast fashion, fast food, very similar um one's clothes, one's food. So very similar to think about. And I feel like uh a lot of people say this similar thing, "Hey, you know, what's this ethical fashion thing? It seems new. I never heard about it." in my, you know, teenage years, in my 20s. And that's honestly because we've really kind of turned a blind eye to it. Mm-hmm. And it really started be- becoming a big thing. Um, and it was about 2013. Um, if you've heard of Rana Plaza, you'll know what I'm sharing. But if not, Rana Plaza was a eight-story commercial building in – India. And it collapsed. 1,134 people died. You guys, that was the deadliest garment factory disaster in history. And the issue here was that 
you know, this is a garment factory. We're sending all these huge companies want to produce their clothes in these countries because it's cheap so they can make money. Mm-hmm. And warnings, there were warnings about this factory in Rana Plaza, it's structural failure. There were warnings. They knew that this was not a safe environment for their employees and they were ignored. And when Rana Plaza came down, it was huge all over the news and it really spurred what is happening today, why there's people like us that want to make such an impact on the world because no, it's not okay. I mean, would it be okay for you to go to work? I used to be a teacher. So if I went to a school that had structural damage, that wouldn't be okay. That's not okay working environments. Uh, It's not an okay working environment. So that's really a huge spur of that. And there has actually been other um, factories collapsing and a lot of things happening since then. But I would say that a big, big spur is what happened at Rana Plaza and people being ready to be an activist about, okay, so this isn't okay. Well, and there, in addition to the people that died, there were 2,500 others that were injured. And um, I think especially for women, what got women stirred up was that most of them were young women that were similar ages to us. And so that was a huge deal, too. And the five garment factories that were in that building were manufacturing clothes for big global companies that we've probably all shopped from. And so that is another huge thing that um, spurred people starting to ask questions in this thing called a fashion revolution. Yes, 100%. I I very much connect uh, with the female piece, obviously. Um, (laughs) And then especially for me, not only being a working woman from home, being a mom of girls has really, really inspired me to be like, this is not okay. And these um, women, they often work in such terrible conditions, such long hours that they cannot take care of their own children. And then they have to send their children to somewhere else to be raised by someone else, but they only see their kids like once or twice a year. Yeah. Just because they're producing these clothes that we're wearing for $5. Because And it's similar, I think, to, like we said before, the fast food industry where there's this competition to see how low you can make the clothes price point. So how can we sell these clothes for cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, which means that we have to figure out how to produce them cheaper and cheaper and cheaper which then leads to very unfair wages for these women and um, <clears throat> and dirty, unsafe conditions. Obviously, a building collapsed, but even in general, just the conditions are unsafe and the environmental impact, I think, is really important, too, that there are... Um, with fast fashion, there's this push to mass produce, which then means that we are eroding artisanal and traditional manufacturing. And also the craft industries, we're creating way more trash because the quality of the clothes is terrible. And then it's unsafe for us 
as the consumers and for the environment and for the workers because we're using chemicals to make the materials and we're using chemicals to then make the clothes and all of that. And so it's just all tied into each other. Yeah, for sure. 100%. And what you're saying about like make them cheaper and cheaper. So these huge um, fashion conglomerates, they psychologically, we are going and buying their clothes and we think we're becoming richer. We think, oh my gosh, I got this fashion haul and I, you know, I, this shirt was $5, this, 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 whatever was $10. We think we're becoming richer because we saved all this money, but ideally we aren't, we're becoming poorer because what's happening is by participating in this, not only are we essentially, you know, ruining others' lives. I, I feel like that's like really harsh but it's the truth. Oh, so true. The, these people, it's modern day slavery. That's what it is. Um, even though they're getting paid, it's not a living wage. And so we're becoming poorer inside. And our environment is becoming poorer, which in turn, one of the biggest things that I had a I did not realize while doing more and more research was cotton. The fact mm-hmm. that we It's funny because like I said in the last episode, I really cared about what I put on my body. But the last thing I thought about what I put in my body, but the last thing I thought about was what I put on it. So I was really Mm -hmm. careful about what I ate. I was really careful about what I clean my house with, but I didn't think about what is in my clothes. So we're making this cotton and because the fast fashion industry is exploding so badly, we have to spray pesticides all over the cotton. And Texas is actually one of the biggest cotton industries in the world, Texas, and they're having to spray them. So essentially we're wearing chemically treated cotton. How is that affecting the environment and how is that affecting our health? And we don't think about that. Like there's a reason that there's now these companies putting out 100% organic cotton because that hasn't been touched. But we need to make a, a a difference by not participating in the fast fashion. And then we can start getting our earth back to where it is and maybe health. I mean, you just don't think that clothes affect your health. Yes. But yet we think about laundry detergent impacting our health. So. Well, yeah, I, it blows my mind yeah. because your skin is your large, it's your largest organ. So that was the yes. first thing I switched. I got laundry detergent that was safe for the environment, that was safe for my kids. But not once was I thinking about, you know, the type of cotton I was putting on my body. And, you know, it's it's crazy because it's estimated that one out of six people alive today um, are working in some part of the global fashion industry and is making it the most labor-dependent industry on earth. Mm-hmm. On earth. Fashion. And I... I shared the other day, it's the number two polluting industry on earth. And it just, it, it blows my mind. And that's why we're here. You can hear the passion in our voice. <laughs> exactly. So then I think that the question that most people are asking themselves is, okay, we get it. We get that fast fashion is bad, but then how does ethical fashion come into play and what can we do about it? And we are going to have so many episodes over the next several months about different ways that you can participate 
in ethical fashion and why that matters for self-love, obviously. But the number one thing that you can start doing today is to ask questions. And so that's what the fashion revolution is all about. And if you want to learn more about fashion revolution, you can go to fashionrevolution.org. It's a wealth of knowledge about why this matters and how you can start participating. But the number one thing is to ask for more transparency from the companies that you're shopping from. So if you don't want to give up Target, that's fine. But start asking Target to be more transparent about where their stuff is coming from, how it's being produced, the materials that they're using, what are their factories in China like, things like that. Um, There's a huge push, and you've probably seen us post about it too on Instagram, but it's the question, who made my clothes? And so start calling out these bigger brands or even the smaller ones and start asking how your clothes were made and who made them. And that will start to drive the train toward uh, an ethical fashion and slow fashion revolution. And that is simple and daunting at the same time, but really you as a consumer have every right to be asking that question. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. So I do agree with the daunting factor. I get. I think I got daunted and then I think sometimes people are like, whoa, I just can't do that. And it's why I gave that umbrella definition in the beginning. It's not going to be every single one of those. Like you don't have to be so overwhelmed. Oh, wait, are the animals treated right? Is this done right? You just have to start asking questions. And most companies, if they don't have an answer for you or they're not transparent on their website, it's usually not most of the time an ethical company. Just like I've I've gotten the umbrella answer of it's made in the USA. Just because it's made in the USA doesn't mean it's taking part in ethical and slow fashion. So it's just yeah. asking those questions and doing the research. I'm going to recommend the true cost on Netflix. It's all about fat the fast fashion industry and it's definitely it's it's hard to watch, but it's so worth it and it will stir your mind so much that you're you're going to be you're going to want to be a part of this fashion revolution. So really definitely. encouraging that, encouraging all the questions because I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many notes I've taken like just doing research, um, the abuse people take in factories, um, what they're really doing. It's it's scary. But you know what? We can make an impact. We can make a huge impact. And to tie it all back to the beginning and that definition that Sarah gave, we did a lot of touching on what is fast fashion. And again, slow fashion is when companies are and consumers are taking the time to consider things like environmental impact, material sourcing, manufacturing, whether or not that's produced with um, environmentally friendly materials versus chemicals, and then also the treatment and pay of the actual production workers. And so it is a huge task to take on, but there are so many companies that have taken that on and um, have worked really hard to make the clothes still affordable and fashionable and things like that. And so it's baby steps, but every step matters and every step counts. And so um, 
I just wanted to tie that back into a little bit of what is ethical fashion. Yeah, that's and what that means. Yeah, I love the baby steps. Uh, any change you make that seems daunting is always small. Small changes can make such a huge difference. And these companies, they the thing is with these companies is they can pay you know a living wage, but that's what happens in our society is the money, right? Because you know, mm-hmm. the factory workers in Cambodia were rioting and all they were asking for, you guys, all they were asking for, $160 a month, US dollars. That's what they want for living wages. Yeah. What? $160? That's all. So it's totally possible. And by us, you know, not feeding into fast fashion and taking these baby steps, you can help. And they're asking for living w- wages. They're not asking to be millionaires. Um, They want to be able to raise their kids and have safe working conditions and also save the environment. They care about, you know, their environment too. So I just love all this, Ivy. And I'm I'm just so excited to be here. I, I think I've said that a billion times. I know. I don't think I can say it enough. And so... We're um, going to share with you again over the next several months different ways that you can vote with your dollar and participate in this fashion movement. And so I am so excited to share those with you in the future episodes. Okay, Ivy, guess what? I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. What, Ivy, is your self-love tip for today? My self-love tip for today is to be gentle with yourself. We've given you a lot of information, and I think that it can be a bit overwhelming. And I know for me, when I first got into this um, slow fashion and ethical fashion realm, that I started looking at my closet and I felt really, really bad about myself. And then I started going into my bank account and I felt even worse about myself. (laughs) And so my self-love tip is to just be totally gentle with yourself through this process and know that um, caring is that first step and that you can't do everything and you can't do it perfectly. Sarah and I don't do it perfectly at all. And that's okay. The fact that you are becoming more aware and you're opening up your mind to this and asking questions is a great first step. So again, be gentle with yourself. I love that. What about you, Sarah? Okay. So as you know, we've said it before and we'll say it probably on every episode, but we really bring this to you perfectly imperfect. Um, We always say things to each other like, done, not perfect. You know, we are new to podcasting and we're here to make an impact. So we could do it at perfection. It would never get done. So perfectly imperfect is our big theme. And to tie in with what Ivy has given for a self-love tip, I want you to take your phone and make a wallpaper that says perfectly imperfect and put it up for a couple days and give yourself that. Because I know every time I repeat that to myself, I get more done. I'm a better mom. I'm a better person. My business grows and I can make a better impact knowing that I'm not perfect. And that ties directly 
with what Ivy wants you to do. Yes. I love that. Okay, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Ethically Loved podcast. And we will see you perfectly imperfect over on episode three. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.